Hey y'all, welcome to Bay Wide, a show all about the entire 11,684 miles of tidal shoreline that is the Chesapeake Bay and its mad large tributaries. Today we're talking blue crabs. Yeah, that's right, it's crabbing season, the time where you spend a full day on the water trying to catch some beautiful savory swimmers and see them right up in some old bay and natty boats, sit around a picnic table with some family and friends. Yes, on my first episode, I talked about the previous year's crab dredge survey, but recently, this winter survey came out, and everyone is weirdly happy about it. But first, the headlines. All right, the first headline is about the back river in the city of Hampton. That's in Virginia. And there has been a sewer infrastructure failure. Basically, it means sewage has been seeping into the tributaries of the Back River. Much of the Back River is closed to shellfish harvesting due to the potential for microbial contamination. This ban by the Virginia Department of Health will last until June 7th. Now, sewage spills in the bay are nothing new. It happens at many wastewater treatment plants after sustained rains clog up the sewers to capacity. That the treatment plants just can't keep up with fast enough. This spill is a bit different, however. Pipe was physically leaking and crews had to find and repair it. So at this time, an undetermined amount of sewage is spilled, but it is safe to assume it must have been a lot if shellfish harvesting is banned for almost another month. Also, dolphins are increasing in presence in the Chesapeake Bay. Dr. Helen Bailey with the University of Maryland Center for Environmental Science says this, They have ID'd over 500 individuals, and we think probably many more are coming into the bay. Uh, Dr. Bailey went on to say, You have better water quality, you have better fish stocks, and you start seeing the dolphins. So that's pretty exciting. Just in the past two years, actually, I've seen a lot more dolphins in the Chesapeake Bay. And now the real headline, blue crabs plentiful despite bitter winter, says in Suffolk News Herald. Also, the Delmarva Now news source says, Chesapeake Bay blue crabs rebounding from harsh winter. And just to give you three for good measure, Chesapeake Bay's blue crab population is healthy. That's from WMAR Baltimore. Now, all these headlines are referencing the recent winter dredge survey. I'll go ahead and tell you the raw data from the survey, and you can tell me whether or not you think these headlines still make sense to you. Also, pardon me, I have a cold. I'm trying to get through it. I'll make this a really short podcast so you don't have to hear this dribble voice. So overall, in the past year, there has been an 18% decrease in the crab population. The spawning female stock decreased 42%, and the juvenile crab population increased by about 34%. Maryland Natural Resources Secretary Mark Belton had this to say about the survey. End quote. Even with the erratic weather, which included snow in April, the blue crab population remains well within parameters, showing that the state and our partners are managing the species well. End quote. Now, crabs are finicky. The blue crabs, when they first start out as like these little dragon plankton monsters, can just be swept right out into the ocean and die if timing isn't absolutely perfect. They are so dependent on the tides and temperature to have a successful spawning year. And they have a crazy high mortality rate. Like I mentioned before, one female crab will lay between 2 and 3 million eggs. Maybe two of those eggs will become actual adults. So I'm not worried about the crab population being lower this year, but I am sure not celebrating it like so many news outlets are doing. I'm honestly a bit confused. Every article says crabs are healthy, or at the worst, they'll say, Crabs are sustainable despite cold weather, or they're healthy despite cold winter. The Bay Journal even said verbatim, quote, Overall, the winter dredge survey estimated that the Bay has 371 million crabs of all sizes, down from 455 million last year. 
but still ranking 16th highest in the 29-year history of the survey. 16th highest in 29 years. Well, guess what, everyone? That just means completely and utterly average. But honestly, we shouldn't put all that much stock in the total number of crabs. We need to look at the number of female crabs and if there are juvenile crabs that will become the crab harvest of the following year or later summer. The spawning female stock down 42%, that is pretty significant. That means it might take a few years to build the population back. Luckily, juvenile crabs increased 34%, so those lower-numbered females have some time to rebuild and they have a little bit of a cushion. So yes, crabs are fine. It was just surprising how overwhelmingly positive this year's survey was made out to be when it was just an average year. And if you want to look at long-term trends, the last two decades have been below the long-term average. If you're wondering how this might affect the price of crabs, well, the decline in adult crabs may lead to a slow start to the early harvest season. But as the young crabs get big enough in midsummer, it should be a fine season. The other thing that might affect crab prices this season is a lack of temporary work visas for about half of the crab picking houses. As you may know, this year is the first year the work visa applications have been lottery chosen, which has left about half of the migrant workers, mostly from Mexico, that come to the eastern shore to pick crabs for a few months every year without a visa. Since there aren't enough people to pick these crabs, the price of pre-picked crab will likely go up in price substantially. Alternatively, crabbers might just forego taking their bushels of crabs to picking houses and sell them directly steamed to customers instead. So it's possible that steamed crab prices might go down due to an oversupply later in the summer. There's a lot of variables here, though. Time will tell. Anyway, I'm your host, Bert from Baywide. You can find me at Bert Baywide on Twitter if you have any questions or want me to look at something in particular. Also, you'll find the Chesapeake Bay memes of the week that I try to create, and hopefully some of them will be actually decent. But anyway, let's go right into the main stem of this episode. If you want to know more about crabs and what beer to pair them best with, let's get to the main part where I lay out everything you ever wanted to know about blue crabs. Let's start right off with the most shocking part for a lot of Marylanders, and that is that blue crabs are not just found in the Bay Area. They are actually found all over. They're found from Nova Scotia all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico, even the West Atlantic Ocean of like Argentina area. So yeah, they're found the entire Atlantic. But we have staked a lot of our heritage on blue crabs, especially in Maryland. And honestly, that's totally fair because half, that's right, 50% of all the blue crabs caught are from the Bay Area. So yeah, we kind of control a lot of the market on that. These blue crabs, they're bottom-dwelling, but they also have awesome swimmerette fins that allow them the ability to swim. And that's not all too common for crabs. It's why their Latin name, Calonectes sapidus, literally means beautiful, savory swimmer. They live in the shallow water and grass beds of the Chesapeake during warm weather, and they hibernate in the deep, muddy trenches of the bay in the winter. Their diet is just about anything. Blue crabs are total scavengers, not above eating their own kind or dead things like plant and animal detritus. But if they had a preference, it would be clams, oysters, mussels, smaller crustaceans, and freshly dead fish. From the crab pieces that we have found in Native American trash piles called middens, the bay used to be home to crabs like twice the size of today's crabs, 10 inches, regularly. Today it's rare to see a crab that large because we catch so many of them and take out the largest ones. A few decades ago, we had a catch rate of about 70% of the year's crabs. We're much better now, maybe catching around 40% on a good harvest year. But we aren't the only animals that eat crabs. Large fish like croakers and red drum 
are big fans and they can have a huge impact too. For example, in 2012, there was 765 million crabs in the bay. And by 2013, there were only 300 million crabs. And that wasn't because we just caught them all. That same year, there was a red drum boom in the lower bay after a series of storms from the east blew large amounts of juvenile drum from the Atlantic into the sheltered marshes of like North Carolina. This ended up being a real big blessing for the red drum because they survived, a lot more of them survived, and they came up into the bay in huge mass to munch down on the crabs. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of predation. But fish don't only eat crabs when they're adults. Now, these crabs, they start out their lives as plankton, and they're food for tons of planktivorous fish. As they get larger, though, great blue herons and sea turtles, they get in on the buffet, too. Here's about the quickest recap I can do on the life cycle of a crab. They mate May through October in the brackish water of the Middle Chesapeake. And the males, they approach a soft-shelled female carrying her for many days at a time, just waiting for her to reach her terminal molt. And that's in the females with a triangle apron. They're immature, unable to hold eggs, but they'll reach one last molt where their apron is wider and able to carry eggs. And then from that point on, she'll never come out of her shell again. That's her last ever molt. Molding just being when you back out of your shell because you're getting so big, you're so swollen up that you need to grow a larger shell. So once she gets that terminal molt complete, she gets one chance to develop eggs and spawning. Although she can store the sperm from males for months, waiting for the optimal time to spawn. Anyway, once the female backs out is into her terminal molt phase, she will be super soft and really vulnerable to predation. So the male then protects the female as she backs out of her shell and mates with the female while she's soft. Now, fun fact, if you ever open up the apron of a male blue crab, which you can tell you have a male blue crab, really this is how I learned it in like fifth grade, when the apron looks like a Washington monument, then you know it's a blue crab. Uh, and you know, if you know if it's a female crab, if it looks like a capital dome, that's a mature female, and then just a regular triangle, immature. Anyway, next time you're munching down on a male crab, open up that apron and you will see not one, but two penises. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? So don't act like you're not impressed once you open up a male blue crab while you're feasting down on one this summer. So anyway, after mating, the male stays with the female, protecting her until her shell hardens. And depending on the water temperature, that can either be a few hours to a day. Then the male leaves to find more females to get it on with, and the female migrates to the lower part of the bay. As a whole, more male crabs are found in the northern part of the bay where it's fresher, and females prefer the southern bay where it's a little bit saltier. This is what makes coordination between the state of Maryland and the state of Virginia really difficult because Maryland often wants to limit female catches, but Virginia's catches are predominantly female, so that would be a very difficult thing for both states to incorporate into their policy and regulations. A female's egg mass can range from about 750,000 eggs to 3 million eggs, and the larvae consume the little orange yolk that's like in the apron. So if you ever catch a crab that looks like that, definitely throw her back because she has tons of potential to increase the population of crabs. About two weeks later, all the larvae are released near the mouth of the bay. And these larvae, called zoea, are carried out to the ocean where they molt pretty rapidly. They go through a final larval molt where they become megalops, the most badass form of crab. Not up for debate. Google it, megalops, they look like dragon shrimp. At this point, the crab can go against currents and is no longer plankton. It crawls across the bay's bottom to reach the upper bay and rivers. Eventually, after many molts, they become tiny adults. 
During this time, the crab molts every few weeks and gets larger and larger. Now, on average, crab will molt about 26 times in their life, and they have an average lifespan of about two to three years. Although they have been recorded at seven years before. All right, that's about as quick as I can possibly orient you to blue crabs. Now, the history of their fishery is another story, but I'll end on some quick facts about these awesome critters to get you pumped for the crab season. If a crab loses a leg or a claw, it can grow anew over several molts. In fact, sometimes crabs voluntarily pop off their claws to escape predation. Softshell crabs are pretty much a Maryland-only fishery. There's another community in the Carolinas that deal with softshell crabs, but about 90% of softshell crabs in the entire nation come from Chesapeake area, Tangier Sound. You basically have to continuously disrupt the crab's hardening process to keep them soft, so most fishermen don't bother with this really labor-intensive process. Crabs reach maturity pretty quickly, only in about 12 to 18 months. And as you know, the market size for crab is like five, five and a half inches, depending on the time of year. And that's measured from point to point, which is their carapace, and they have little points on their sides. You measure those notches right there. Final note about the Atlantic blue crab. They are the most important fish rates to Chesapeake Bay, bar none. And if we want to have more crabs in the bay for future generations, here's what we pretty much have to do in one sentence or less. We got to give the females a chance to spawn and increase the habitat of submerged aquatic grasses. Surprisingly, blue crabs are pretty resilient in terms of pollution, but grasses, like we've talked about in my second episode, submerged aquatic vegetation is not at all resilient to pollution. So that's their habitat and they need that. All right, I left a lot of things out about crabs, but I am actively trying to shorten my podcast length. So if you're still curious about blue crabs, there's a classic book called Beautiful Swimmers by William W. Warner. And it will tell you everything imaginable about blue crabs. It won a Pulitzer Prize, for God's sake. Check it out. It's a bit dated, but the info is timeless and crabs are pretty awesome. That's the show. Thanks for being a listener. I would certainly still do this show if I only had one other person listening. But my first episode broke 100 listens, and I just want to sincerely thank you all. Once these episodes consistently get 100 listens or more, I hope to start having other people on the show for interviews or just to co-host and keep things interesting. If you find value in the show, please give me a quick rating or share so others can find out how swell the Chesapeake Bay is. Remember to take back the term Bay Area in all your conversations about Chesapeake Bay. That's right. Suck at San Francisco. And for anything Bay Area related that you want to know about or you want to hear about or you just want to see what's going on, you can follow me on Twitter at BurtBayWide. I'll be back in a few weeks with a continuation on Bay Boats where I finally get to the state boat of Maryland, the Skipjack. All right. Play me out, Johnny. All right, welcome to the final part of the show, The Secret Spot, where I explain to you the Chesapeake Bay Area Meme of the Week. That's right, every single week I try to make a meme out of whatever topic I'm presenting on, which can be a little bit tricky, but this week I had a lot of potential with blue crabs. 
And the image I selected has been found in a lot of memes. It's from SpongeBob SquarePants, and it is the Mr. Krabs image, where it's Mr. Krabs being ganged up on by a bunch of random fish in the background. It's a shaky camera, it's very blurry, and Mr. Krabs is kind of surprised. Um, so I'll give you some examples of how this meme is used, and I'll tell you how we're gonna relate it to the Blue Crab Dredge survey. All right, here's a few examples. Uh, first one is win you two burgers and three hot dogs into a random cookout and someone asks, who you related to? Shocked, Mr. Krabs, confused Mr. Krabs, ganged up on Mr. Krabs' face. When your mom leaves you in line to get eggs and the cashier says next. When you match with your girl on Tinder. Those are kind of examples how you would use this meme. And here is what I put in the caption. When the media says crabs are great because it's the 16th best year out of a 29 year survey. Boom, confused Mr. Krabs. What's going on? Is anyone listening? Mr. Krabs confused. 